they keep asking who I am, I just tell them I'm a Christian. Occupation, a description, I just tell them I'm a Christian. Nationality, ethnicity, I tell them I'm a Christian. Keep the hyphens in division, I just tell them I'm a Christian. Christian, Christian. Welcome to the Savage Truth Podcast, it's your man. Pastor Roy Dockery coming at you again for another episode today. Joined by my brother in his half coat. You know what I'm saying? He will. Q will. In the building. In the building. What's going on, bro? What up? What up? Chilling, chilling, chilling. Chilling, chilling. So today, you know, we're going to go a little savage truth in film at the moment because we had to take an opportunity. We talked about Lion King. Everybody seemed to enjoy that. We chopped up, had that conversation. So we want to talk. We're going to talk about Harriet. So a little more serious of a topic. I mean, the movie was... Did the movie release today? Uh, Yeah. I think yeah. it was... Yeah, so the yeah, movie released day. today. So we're recording this on November 1st. Um, we fresh out. We fresh out the theater. Fresh out. You know, fresh let, out. so we can let our emotions and our, and our observations flow. So we came, we came right back to the studio to, to record the podcast. So, so first, um, you know what I mean? Asking the resident film expert, you know, as a, this is a black film right. about a significant historic character. Right. Why, do not, why do I not see the social media craze over Harriet that I saw over Wakanda? Why we ain't dressed like Harriet Tubman at the theater? And, and see, that was my question, too. Because, well, I think that we got kind of burnt out about the slavery thing. And so I think people who don't really know, and this is a surprising amount of people who don't know about Harriet Tubman, um, especially people under 30. Um, you, you find a lot of them that know her by name but don't know what she did. So you just kind of get burnt out about the slavery thing and the slavery move, movies because um, it's just tough to watch. And we just coming off of um, when they see us. And, and so people just, you know, we just need a minute to cool down. So I think that's why it hasn't been as hyped. Um, it's not a high, uh, the budget on the project wasn't as high as um, like 12 Years a Slave or something like that. So the marketing wasn't um, as big. So they didn't have it in as many theaters. Um, like I said, it wasn't a lot of marketing. You didn't see a lot of um Big name actors in it, so that's probably why. But I just think people kind of was burnt out on on slavery. So people burnt, you know what I mean? It's the it's the black angstiness. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's the measure we're trying to have an effective measurement of black pissivity so that it's not over applied at one point in time. Because it seems like you know, like Black Panther was a movie that celebrated innovation, right. Right. Um, technology, strength power, creativity, you know what I mean? And we had an action hero right. that was and black. But like, want to see us get beat no, no more. Harriet Tubman <laughs> is a superhero in real life, though. She but was saving people in real somebody life. somebody was going to get whooped. And so you got to be in the right mind frame to go into something knowing that somebody going to Somebody about whooped. to get lashes. And you got, because you don't, you be like, man, I don't want to be mad at white people today. That's your normal yeah. thought. Like, I don't really want to. And so you just came off of when they see us. I didn't watch it. Because I haven't got to that like Yeah, because pe- people use the that. term triggered in a very culturally poppy, trendy kind of way. Right. But when it comes to slave movies, like that's the only kind of triggered I get. Right? Like there that's is a no big trigger. It's a big trigger. Like, you know, you it's almost like white people need to keep a distance you when you watch. And so and so to that, right? So all right, so we go to the movie today, it's opening night, right? First of all, when I go to buy the tickets earlier today, all of them are for sale. 
So right. ain't nobody, Nobody's wouldn't nobody there. trying to go see Harriet on a Friday night on November 1st, the day after I mean, Halloween. it's not a date movie. Right, it's, it's not, not a date movie. I couldn't, date couldn't take movie. the kids. I don't want my children crying, seeing Harriet get whipped, slaves get shot at, and everybody getting called the N-word. It's trying not, because right. then you, you know, you put the, you put the angstiness in my babies. Right. Then I ain't going to be able to turn it off. You know, if my right. babies is mad about slavery and, I'm going to have to go out here and start becoming a freedom fighter. So, like, we got to, <laughs> right, right. we're trying to measure how much we put this into the children. But it's crazy, too. And I, I made an Instagram post on my story while we were in the movie theater. And I said, mm. like, I just had much respect to the white people who braved through right. Harriet Tubman. So, the theater we were in, I would say it's probably less than 20 people in there. Um, yeah. Probably it was. I it mean, was, it was, was like good, it was a good amount because I didn't know it was that many people. Until yeah, so they people was clapping. in the back. Yeah, people was yeah, in the back was like, in the oh, corners. Okay, but it was, it was weird because the white people, people were like in the back in the corners. But like they, the thing about it, like I don't know if you saw, like it was, it was all older white people. Yeah, all older white, but like older, older, like they wasn't. But a generation right. or two removed from uh, slavery. Over over AARP, <laughs> you know, it was yeah. like 65, 70 and Yeah, up. so I'm like. Somebody in your immediate family owned slaves. Yeah. <laughs> like somebody, yeah, I did. <laughs> it was old people. So yeah, it was old people there. Um, but yeah, that that was surprising to me because um I feel like, you know, obviously somebody in their immediate family had possibly owned slaves or, or was there during that time. So it was interesting to see them there and then interesting to see their reactions as it was going on and as it ended and it, everybody clapped at the end which was cool um even though we were making our black power comments throughout all, all throughout but we weren't the only ones but it no. was it was you know sometimes you just gotta say something <laughs> and so um but yeah it was it was interesting to see um you know i heard one uh older white lady said um uh i didn't know it was like that as as I walk past her, and uh, I'll just smile, you know. But yeah, I mean, I think that it's it can be an eye opener. Um, I do think the movie only showed a small portion, and and didn't, which I think a lot of black people wanted it to. They wanted it to go deep into what was going on during that time. But the movie showed more of the heroic portion of Harriet Tubman instead of the the gritty and grimy pieces of it. But um, it still was a lot, I think, for people who either didn't know or especially white people coming in and experiencing that and realizing, like, it wasn't just a game. Like, it wasn't like they were just going back and forth easy. It was a tough road. So, yeah. And, and well, and I think one of the interesting dynamics of it, and I get your opinion on it as, as the film, man, right? Normally in um normally in like slave movies you know what i'm saying it's more of a narrative right it's kind of telling a story like you said 12 years a slave if we look at roots if we look at even the django you know what i'm saying like all of these movies associated with slavery there's a narrative to it but i think one thing that was interesting that played into the even the comment that you mentioned when she was like i didn't know it was like that like slave like harriet tubman was positioned as a hero against slavery Right. right. Not a person, not a not a particular villain. Right. But against the system of slavery in itself, she was kind of positioned as a hero. Right. So I think in the way that they did the film, it's interesting because like you, you know what I mean? Like the antagonist is a system. Right. It's right. the law that was passed that they referenced in there. Right. The fugitive, um, the, the fugitive slave act um, like the, you know, the just basically the entire system of, um, you know, even from the beginning, you know, spoilers. We talk about the movie. So if you ain't seen it. 
right. pause because uh, we gonna keep talking about it. And other than that, you know, go watch it, then I come mean, back later. You know, it but, ain't no spoil. It's history. Yeah, so it's go, history. Go you know what I'm saying? So, but <laughs> even at the you know the movie opens right with her trying bringing the lawyer trying mm-hmm. to get her family freed because of the contract that they actually had mm-hmm. um, with her mother, right? Mm-hmm. And trying to prove that her mother actually should have been free, so therefore she should have been free. Mm-hmm. So it's like, even positioning it that way, I like the fact that they made her a hero against the system instead of just making it like this one villain, right, that she's trying to escape or this one situation or this one person that's trying to overcome. So, mm-hmm. like, you know, making her a hero in that perspective, I think, makes the the movie like more attractive to a broader and more dynamic audience because you can kind of root for the hero and then at some point like if especially for like older like you said the older white people that were in the theater they're like man like i'm rooting against a system that ultimately benefited white people in this country right and now we're sitting here looking at the simple things that that black people had to struggle to even have access to Mm -hmm. yeah and i think um it was because of the way that they they chose to depict harriet and 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 I mean, yeah, it was her against slavery, which was the main thing. And then they did give us a couple of characters to dislike along the way. But I think you got to the point where you're cheering for Harriet, even though you know she's gonna make it. Like you still are cheering, and you're wondering if everybody she's with is gonna make it every time. Every time she goes down there and then comes back, and so you start the, the way they positioned it the way that they you know when they went into the um the underground railroad for the first time and she you know they wrote her name down and then they wrote nine and then they wrote a zero so you saw she made she brought over nine and zero were were killed so cinematically you're thinking okay well dang then you look at all the other numbers where it's like somebody else said you know 15 and then seven and then six so you you you're thinking okay is everybody gonna make it back so then you start if especially if you're you're white in this and you, you start rooting for Harriet probably you know may not w- without even knowing it you start rooting for Harriet and start rooting for everybody and you start being like, okay well is somebody going no is everybody going to make it or who's not going to make it what's the and and you realize that you're actually rooting for the 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 north in, yeah. in the civil war so you're yeah. you're rooting for the north now um because of what she was she was against so i think it was good the way that they positioned the film in that way instead of you know what like i said i, I was reading some critics on the way back um and instead of making it so gritty into the slavery part of it cuz it's like we know that part we've seen that part yeah we haven't seen the north we don't get a chance to see what happens in the north it's less movies made about what happens in the north part of the civil war you got glory and you got you know all these other movies that talk about the south yeah but it's not a lot that talks about the north and so we see that and we see what was going on there and all the people that were um played a part in in trying to help people get free so it was a lot to take in even though it wasn't you know the fullness of the story of, of harris story but i think it was a good movie though it was a good movie. So it was, I mean, and it was, and it was strong, man. There were, there were a lot of scenes in there, you know, that we had to, like we said, we had some, had some black power moments, mm-hmm. especially when they broke out. So I'm going to talk about one of my moments and then how that, how that <laughs> hit me. I'm going to let you talk about one of your moments. We're going to okay. bat a couple of them around. So, um, so for me, the, you know, that my highest level of pissivity mm. during the viewing of the film was when the slave catcher had to be black. 
So the, yeah, between yeah, the slave yeah. catcher being black and, and the Native the American snitch. using the dogs to track mm. down, I'm like, Native Americans, you should be on our side. Mm. Why are you on their side? Um, but yeah, between yeah, the, the sort of famous slave catcher was a black dude, and mm-hmm. then like his little Takashi six nine, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> assistant snitch right. was a black dude too. And I'm like, how are y'all hunting down and turning in slaves? Um, for blackness, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, you are black. Like, that's mm-hmm. crazy, but just doing it for profit. But, you know what I mean? To me, and, and then again, right, and I, and I joke about Takashi 6 9 but then, like, this whole culture, right, the dynamic of, like, no snitch um, that's kind of ingrained in our culture, right? Like, you sitting here looking right. at the slave right. catchers and be like, why are you snitching? So right. it's like, you, you know what I mean? There's this fundamental um, concept within black culture, you know what I'm saying, that, like, it doesn't matter what the situation is, right? It almost, to me, right, it almost seems like slavery has, like, imposed this idea into us in the black culture that it doesn't matter what happens, black people should not be submitting other black people to to, to figures of authority or subjecting them to authority. Right. You know what I mean? So it's like that whole mentality that came from slavery where you had people that were doing it for profit, you know, now it's almost like that's conveyed into our neighborhoods and into our communities mm-hmm. that like it doesn't matter what happens. You don't turn black people over to the authorities. And so it's because it's funny because in my own mental mind. Right. I'm sitting there and I'm like, why are you turning people over to the authorities? You right. know what I'm saying? So it's like you you kind of catch yourself in that in that position and in that dynamic. And so and I mean, whether or not I know that informs the cult, the, the conscious of black culture moving forward but it was definitely something that it, you know what i mean i had like a vitriol reaction to the concept and just the thought of that you've got black people turning in black people for mm-hmm, rewards mm-hmm. or um or for whatever else even though you know technically it was illegal to run as a slave right right, right. so but sub, sub you know almost subjugating them to in a to an unfair legal system so then you compare that to today Where you got an unfair legal system, Mm -hmm. you know, that, you know, you know, a black man is going to serve a longer sentence. You know, that black men, um, you know, are going to do more time for the same crime. You know, that black men have a higher propensity and possibility of being shot by the police just in an interaction, whether they did something or not. So then it's like, man, like, how do I how do I reconcile this whole thing of not wanting to, you know, to subjugate black men to the unfair treatment of a legal system? But then at the same time, trying to be somebody that upholds the law, because then, you know, when when law, when laws, you know, lawlessness reigns, then the community suffers. But see, that's the whole mental, you know, what I'm saying tie that I was seeing when right. I seen the black man and, you know, what I'm saying turning in black people um, to, to white authorities yeah. for a little bit of change. Yeah, I mean, um, I think for me. The I guess I'll go my the moment that, that, that made me the maddest. I was um, probably when when the, when the snitch came along, that 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 that, <laughs> that that did it for me because because of kind of I mean pretty much a lot what you said, but it just it was like, dude, you you were free, and you decided to use your freedom in in this way, and I get it. You know that was the law at that time and and all that, but it 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 frustrated me to see it because you knew that you could profit off of the fact that you knew black people, you knew where they were going, and they wouldn't suspect you of the one that's gonna turn them in. So it it just it, that moment he he met him on, in the middle of the road and and said, "Hey, you looking for?" Uh, they called her Moses. They were, you looking for Moses? 
Um, I can tell you where they at. And, and I just, I was just so thrown off by that just because, yeah. and I know that it happens, but I'm just, it, it, it just, it just upset me to see that that's what we'll do for profit. Yeah. And so even now today, like I see people that do a lot of things for profit that may disregard our brothers and sisters because it's money involved. And so because of money, we may throw somebody under the bus or we may do something that could potentially hurt or harm or kill our, our brothers and sisters because of money, because of status, just to get us in a place where, where we feel more comfortable. And, and that's <clears throat> which the, the opposite of that, which was, which was Harriet, who she was living good. She was fine. She had escaped for a year. A year. And was like, I can't do this. I can't be good. I can't be okay knowing that other people aren't okay. And so you just, you had those two forces playing against each other. Um, and, and so, but yeah, that that definitely was my upset moment. The upset moment. All right. So now the, the moment of reflection. So I know in the film you had a lot, you had a lot of comments. You had a lot of things to say about you know what I'm saying? Well, that, when uh when she slid out when uh when they had the whole conversation between her and her husband. See that that's a see, whole so that's, <laughs> that's a whole that, that's look, a whole other thing. You that's be, a whole dig into thing. That. Dig into so, that. So <clears throat> if you haven't seen the movie, this is what happened. So she Harriet goes back. The first time she goes back, she goes back for her husband. Now mind you, she's been gone for a year. So she goes back for her husband. And she finds her husband. Now, before I get into their conversation, what happened to Harriet was she got confronted by all her masters and people chasing her on a bridge. She jumped off the bridge into the Delaware River. They thought it was pretty much over. So the report had been that Harriet is dead. Nobody heard from Harriet for a year. So Harriet was dead. So um, she goes to talk to her husband and... The husband is, is is happy to see her. He's like, oh, my gosh, I thought you were dead and all of this. And, and so Harry's like, well, look, let's go back. And he's like, well, um, <laughs> I got another wife. Awkward pause. Because I thought you was dead. Dead. Now, rewind again. Before Harriet escaped, her husband was free. Free man. So he said, I'll go with you. And she said, okay, wait for me by the gate. Before she left, she stopped, looked towards the gate, and went the other way. Now, here's what, here's what her reasoning was. Her reasoning was um, he was already free, and if they got caught, they would take his freedom away. And yeah. she didn't want that. <clears throat> so that was, she made a decision for both of them without his knowledge. That's yeah. what she did. And... So then when she went back, she was upset that he had took another wife and the other lady was pregnant and she was upset and mad and crying and didn't know what to do. And, and the guy was saying, well, she said, well, I thought you loved me. And he said, I did. I do love you. I yep. thought you were dead. Then he said, you left me this way. It got to me. He said, I would have died for you. If you let me, that's yeah. what, that's what rang <laughs> for me. Cause I'm like, I get it being a strong woman, 
being a strong black woman. I know that it's a lot that you women have to deal with and, and, and it's a lot that's pressed against you. I understand that. But when, when there is someone who's willing to die for you, willing to, to do those yeah. things for you, and you still choose to be the quote-unquote independent woman, but then get upset at the results of that action. And so I think that that's, that's the, so you, you, you have the choice of being, being a hero or being a legend or having the family that you want because you can't have both. Yeah. And so you can be that independent woman and you can be that strong woman and all of that thing. And, and, and you decide to make these decisions less a man and say, no, I can't, I don't need a man. Or you can have your family and still be strong. There is place for you to be strong, but there's also place for a man to lay down his life for you as, as well if he wanted to. And this man said he wanted to, he didn't care about that. And, and it, it, it hit me because I'm like, dang, you know, Harry is doing all this stuff she's doing, but she did choose to leave him without discussing it with him. Yeah. She made a choice about his life without discussing it with him. And I was just like, dang, that's, that's, that's rough. Yeah, and you can even tell, like, the, the way that the scenes were, were crafted and all of that, it was, like, trying to, like, even the music, and I know you know more about that than I do, but it was like, he, they were positioning him as the bad guy, too, right? right? Like, right. he did something wrong because, you know, he thought she was dead and had moved on with his life, and that's, you know, moved on with his life, but it was crazy when he made that one statement, mm -hmm. and he was like, I would have died for you if you would have let me, right? Because, like, even throughout the kind of theme throughout the movie was liberty or death, right? right? So give right. me freedom, give me, a, give me liberty, or give me death, right. but it's almost like the same thing. Like, he wanted to make that same choice, and, like, so for him, it was the liberty of being with his wife, even though she right. was a slave, Right. And then he would be, he was willing to die for that, but right. it was like, she didn't allow him to. So he right. had to, she you know, he had choice. to move on. And then even later on, right. Her sister kind of, you know, kind of did the same thing. Cause there was somebody else who, you know, who had got remarried. And she said like, you know, she basically said like, don't judge us for what we have to do right. to try to survive. Cause she said, cause everybody can't run. Right. Right. So and it's like everybody's not everybody's not built for that. Right. Mm -hmm. Everybody can't can't endure like people have small children, people have kids and mm -hmm. things like that, that they're not willing to sacrifice um, for that. You know, so some people have to be the forerunner. Some people have to go out um, and take that and take that risk and take that chance while other people have to while other people have to stay behind. But I think you have a good point because it's just, you know, again, it's just the dynamic of, you know, it's like, what do we sacrifice and what do we you know, what do we choose to to stick with man and like you you know you just see this strong black woman at this at, you know as a central figure mm -hmm, in all of these mm -hmm. movements and it's crazy because when it started she was married she was married yeah but it was like she you know it's like she made that conscious decision and you see that point in the movie right where she was like i'm gonna have to run and i can't i can't drag my husband through that i can't bring him through that because like you said he was already free Right. So it's like, I'm risking what he's doing. Um, and I know at the end of the movie, you know, she got married again later on in life right, and, right, and, right. and all the other stuff. And then, you know, wound up not dying until she was 91. Right. But it was during that period. So it's like, even when I talk to my daughters, right, and I talk to them about marriage and when they have children and all of that other stuff. And I'm like, you know, like when you decide to be a wife, when you decide to be a mother, like you're you're deciding to take on that role. Right. Right. So like if you want to be a forerunner, less of a woman. No, it, it's still you still can be that strong and that powerful of a woman 
even if you're married, even if you're you know, submitting to a husband, it doesn't make you less. And, and I feel bad in a way for any woman that feels like she has to prove herself on her own. That seems like a lonely, sad feeling that you got to prove yourself on your own for people to take you serious, but you really don't. A lot of us men, you know, we want to be by your side and still push you forward as well. Like you can, you can achieve all of those things and still be honored as a wife as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, so that was, so that was the move. That was the other moment right there. It was real, you know, emotional, you know, had to do right. the walk away, especially when that, that reuniting. Cause for those who don't know, like he had like got scarred and beat for not knowing where she was and not mm -hmm. being able to explain why he was hanging around the gate waiting for folks. So right. like you come, he come back, he got the scar on the eye and all of that. Um, the, the one other thing that I, I just want to address, and it's kind of throughout the entire theme of the movie, it's kind of the theme through every black slave movie with the exception of the story of Nat Turner, right? Mm -hmm. It's just the, it's the, it's the, you know what I mean? Like the grace <laughs> shown by black people in situations mm -hmm. where you would think that the degree of brutality um, and, and the lack of humanity in which they are treated would have caused black people to respond and act out in a particular way, right. right? To respond violently, you know? And so when you, when you look at the amount of just the atrocities that have been, you know, that have been impressed upon black people, whether it's lynching, whether it's chattel slavery and the beatings and, you know, having people, having your children taken and all of this crazy stuff that's happened mm -hmm. throughout history. It's always amazing for me to just see a depiction of the resilience of black people in these situations, right? Like where, where like you're, you know, you, you're just dealing with the frustration and the disrespect and the threats and, and everything else and just maintaining, man. Like, how does like how does that even process for you mentally? Like it, it's hard for me to fathom because I'm like is. I'd have been dead in like three minutes if I was if right. I was there. Because it, it it is because I, I I don't all the way understand that that mentality because like I said in the other podcast I'm a fighter, so um, I would have fought like it because you know it, they were taking your children they were separating you. I mean God picked the right people to be during the slavery time because. I wouldn't have made it, but it, it, they were taking your family. They were selling your family. They were posting that they were going to sell you just like they do in the NFL. They post when they're going to trade you, but um, it's, it's, it's sad. And, and so at the end of the movie, when Harriet had an opportunity to kill her master, the, the, the same guy who, who, took away her freedom or ripped up the papers and, and all that, like she had the opportunity to kill him. And she didn't. And, yeah. and and it was just like, that's good. I think that's good that you don't do it. But at the same time, I feel I would have I would have not been mad if she did. Not at all. Because of all the stuff that happens and, and, and just watching how African Americans have dealt with everything from slavery all the way up to now. Like we haven't truly fought back to me. I think we've we've made progressions um, and we've done stuff. That's, that's you know not saying we haven't done anything, um, but it, we don't get stuff done at the rate that if, if you look at the time in which LGBTQ and them started and, and the, the amount of things that they got done for their cause in, in that time frame, um, it, it was a lot. And, and for us, we we always 
exercise grace a lot of time or well, a lot of times we exercise grace and and we forgive and I don't want to get into the whole forgiveness thing, but <laughs> so do, that was a different podcast. Hugs forgive. and Texas justice. Go check it out. <laughs> we do forgive, and and that's the that's what we should do. Um, but I I think that sometimes it it just doesn't get us as far as we want to go or as quickly as we want to get there, um, and so it becomes sad, and then it becomes taken advantage of because I bet money. If, I mean, Harry emptied out all the bullets that was in the area, but if she didn't, I'm pretty sure that dude would have got up and shot her. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, no matter what, like, even if she said, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to kill you, I'm going to let you live, he would have got up and shot her. In the same way, any, any other situation, I think that we may forgive and we may say, no, we're not going to do anything, but somebody will turn around and, and harm you intentionally. And, and take your grace for granted. And so that's what I think is sad. I think it is, you know, obviously it's, it's, it's God that, that's allowing us. And I like the way that they um, kind of weave God in, in, in between the movie and allowed that to be the one of the center focuses. Um, but it was just rough to watch. And it was tough because I'm in there rooting for somebody. To, hey, shoot him. Shoot that guy. <laughs> you know, but yeah, it was tough. Yeah, and like you said, right, that with that with that faith and that that grace being centrally focused throughout the, the entire film, right? Just that that concept, like like you know, and even if you you know when you read the Old Testament and you see like all the struggles that people went through and how they were you know the taken into slavery, how their their communities were taken, their kingdoms were mm-hmm. ransacked, right? And you just see how God was with them through the entire thing, and mm-hmm. then like almost you know and allowed. You know, and allowed and, and, you know, for history to play out and for and for things to happen. And so when you see that reflected, especially as a Christian, right, in, mm-hmm. in black movies and you see the the strong faith of black people um, in the way that that sustained them through some of these, you know, through some of these times and opportunities where because, you, you know, you think about it like, OK, if there was an uprising, right, and everybody just started to set off, then like what would have happened? Like oh, everybody probably could have got killed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the military would have showed up like we had numbers, but we didn't have weapons. Right. You know what I right. mean? So it's like there is there, there's always this kind of fantastical idea of like, oh, it could have been an uprising. We outnumbered them five to one. And even now, like, you know, there are areas in America where we outnumber them now, but they always outnumber us with weapons. Right. Right. Just from a just from a fear perspective, it's everybody's right to own a gun. But it seems like there's a certain you know group of people that own guns more frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's mm-hmm. always concerns about these uprising and race wars and helter skelter and all of this other stuff that people, um, that people allude to for their, their, their excuses or justifications for hoarding, um, for hoarding weapons. But it's like the amount of the grace and the spirit of God that's been with black people throughout this entire process and still stays with black people to this day. Right. is amazing. Right. I think. And mm-hmm. it speaks to, um, and it just speaks to that relationship with um, with with God and those who are who are who are downcast, those who are um, who are seeking hope and those who and those who pursue him. So even in the midst of I love the, you know, the the the, the pastor um, that was that was in the you know, that was kind of helping and aiding with the abolition. And people were like, man, when he's in church, he preaches the hardest against running away. So like he can't be the person 
that's helping. Right. So right. it's like even on Sunday, he had to stand in the pulpit to preach a message that they would allow him to preach. Right. While still sharing the gospel. Mm-hmm. But then literally underneath the building, helping people find freedom. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's that. But, then, you know, so for me, even as the pastor, it always goes back to the mentality that there's some code switching somewhere mm-hmm. that where there's one conversation that we may have publicly there's one conversation or perception that we may have publicly for acceptance or so that we don't ruffle too many feathers, that we don't right. draw too much attention. But then somewhere, you know, underneath the curtains and, and you know, behind the scenes in the yeah. middle of the night when people knocking and people need to find freedom and people need to discuss oppression and people need to have somebody to reach out to to talk about um, the things that they're impacted on. Right. Like that's when that's when that savage that's when a savage truth got to hit. So even right, in a, right. from a, even just in an overall, even my public persona, Right. People would see it's more. But then there are a lot of conversations that happen um, behind closed doors with people that are trying to find freedom in one way or another. Right. Freedom from um, from racial oppression, freedom from 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 other pressures that they feel um, as minorities in America. So that's the one thing as as black pastors, even today, we still have to cater to the public perception of what pastors are supposed to be doing and sharing the gospel. But then we always have to be or I feel like it's my responsibility um, that I have to be available to be able to speak into the lives and to the situations of black people that I know are dealing with things that the public may not see and that the public may not understand. Right. I feel you. I definitely feel you. I don't have nothing to add to that. (laughs) I definitely I feel you on that. But yeah. All right. So we we, you know, I mean, we we 30 minutes into the into the Savage Truth on film about Harriet. You got any? You got any closing closing thoughts? Additional comments um, um, about the film before we wrap it on up? Um, let me see. I mean, cinematically, I think the film was done well. Um, I think it was a good story. Um, I think the only thing that I I didn't quite like was um, the way that she had these premonitions and. I mean that was that was their way of showing God and showing how God was talking to her, but it, it, it they made it more like premonitions, like she was seeing the future as opposed to talking to God. They called it talking to God, but it, the way they depicted it, it, it looked like like she was just seeing the future. So that was the only thing I didn't quite like, but um, otherwise I thought it was good. Um, I really enjoyed her speech in Albany, New York, where she was, um, they were campaigning because the uh, slave catchers were were moving their way up north, and so they had to take them across the border to Canada, and she reiterated, and that probably would be the speech that if, if she does get nominated for an Oscar, that monologue would have been the one to do it, but um, she she reiterated that you know you guys hadn't been slaves even though you understand and if you were slaves you've been free so long you forgot and she was like i remember and um, one of the lines she said um was before that but um that she had said well um you don't you don't know what the the stink of fear smells like yeah because um uh i forgot her character name um I can't remember, but it was Janelle Monae's Janelle character. Monet, I don't remember the character name, but um, but she said, "Oh, well, you got to take a bath, and because you you smell like a barnyard animal." And she said, "Well, you don't know what the stink of fear smells like," and just hearing hearing that, and just her being the only one that 
that was so actively in it. And and I think about that in the same sense that I think about when um, other Christians and other believers go out into the world and we we try to minister and, and we, we discount sometimes the people who are right off of the streets and right, you know, just came in and, and they're like, hey, you know, let's not get you back out there so quick. And they, and, but they have that Harriet spirit. They're like, look, I need to go back out there. And, and you've been so far removed. We may have these paths and be like, oh, well, yeah, I used to gang bang and I used to did this. Yeah, but it was 20 years ago. This yeah. guy did it a year ago, a month ago. Uh, last week, yeah, like so yesterday. It's like you don't know what they know. You don't feel what they feel. And so that speech rang true to me because I just, I just, I've had people say that to me. People say stuff where it's like, oh, well, no, nah, don't go back in the clubs or don't go back to this place or whatever. And it's like, no. Nah, yeah, you see? Yeah, <laughs> you, you know. So it's like, no, that's that's exactly where I need to go because I know the tone there. I know how to speak to them. Yeah. Y'all may have done it, but you didn't do it recently. Yeah, and you still don't have that pain and that pressure, right, right. That, that drives you to make you want to understand, like, to save somebody from that same situation. Right. And that's a that's going to be a whole nother episode on uh, we're going to talk about that and some of the my story stuff. Old Mount Zion rejecting us from college ministry because mm. uh, we was willing to hit the streets. But um, so real quick, I'm going to give my I'm going to give my shout out uh, for the film. I'm, I'm going to give shout out to the Amish people in the Mennonites. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? As a Delaware resident, you know, what I mean, we in Delaware. So between <laughs> Delaware and Pennsylvania. You know, the Amish people was holding it down. So mm-hmm. I think I'm going to have to take mm-hmm. a trip to the Dutch market the mall just to, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We talking about supporting black businesses. I'm going to go support an abolitionist business because mm-hmm. Mennonites was holding it down. And then some of them black carts, they was helping us get across. But sure, yeah, I mean, and we sure. all know like the history of the Quakers and, and what role they played um, in abolition in America. But I think I think the one thing and even, you know, and I, I finally got through watching when they see us. Right. But it's crazy. The power that the, the power that can that can present itself when somebody just recognizes another individual's humanity. Mm-hmm. Right. So like, that's what this is all about. Just like one person who was like, you know what? Right. I recognize your humanity. So when I will sneak car, you. He said, he said, he called her friend. Yeah. He was like, here we are friend. And yeah. That was the first thing he said to her. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like that whole mentality of like just individuals showing humanity. And I mean, it goes back to the second episode when I was like, racism is really about what you love. Right. So it's like the fact that you can show love for another human being. Right. Even, you know, and even though it's significant, we still have racism in this world. It's still a problem. It's still a situation. But I want to encourage any individual person. You know what I'm saying? Like, just like it only takes one person to allow somebody to have a ride to get them across. It only takes one person to be able to speak into somebody's life and show humanity in a situation that otherwise it would not be shown. Right. So it's like those were simple de- decisions from individuals that allowed a network like the Underground Railroad mm. to happen underneath the noses of a clearly systemic, dangerous and, you know what I mean, and disgusting system in America. Mm-hmm. So there was just, you know, random people just out there who saw the humanity of of um, of African-Americans and of slaves and said that they deserve a better life. And then those people networked together and was able to, you know, to participate in into into to take part in overcoming, you know what I mean? And a gigantic economic and, you know, a gigantic economic system that was slavery mm-hmm. in America. So, 
It's like I, I don't want to underguard. And I know we watch these movies and we always like, boy, there's like mm-hmm. so many, well, you know, just evil people in the film. But in this film, I thought it was interesting that there were evil people who were black that didn't really care about the humanity of slaves because they separated themselves and they were, I was free. And those are slaves and slaves need to go back to where slaves came from because the slave catcher was black. Mm-hmm. Right. And then you had and then you had white people in the same way that like the one um, Harriet slave master that said, you know, that that God don't hear the prayers of N words. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that. You know, what I mean, as I'm wearing, mm-hmm. a, I'm a Christian hoodie right now. I was in there <laughs> with my I'm a Christian hoodie on and my pastor Roy on faith entertainment hat. And like to hear that right in the way that somebody would justify that in their own mind to minimize somebody else's humanity, that like God, like God's ears aren't even turned towards your screams or to your tears um that was rough man but i, I like i said i just want to give a shout out to the mennonites the amish <laughs> and the quakers that was holding it down getting people around in them buggies man um and i just want to encourage people to go see it i mean um, it was kind of disappointing that the, the the film the theater was relatively empty um so i hope more people go out and support it i know it's not a you know fancy action hero thing and i know nobody want to dress as a slave to go to the movie theater so just feel free to dress regularly um, I mean, if, and I would say like, you know, I got 11, eight and a three year old. I probably wouldn't take a problem looking at my, my 11 year old right now. Cause she in here. I might take her. If I took my eight year old, she going to cry. So it's a, you know, cause it's a lot of violence and stuff like that. So it's rated PG 13. Y'all pre- appreciate the rating. Right. You know, right. if you got kids, that's like 13 and up, you know, maybe some high school students, they don't learn yeah, some history, let them go. But you know, don't take, don't take your elementary school and young middle school kids in there. They no. gonna like I said, you don't want all that angstiness to come home into young black minds. Questions. Yeah. Cause it's a lot of questions you, unanswered. Right? right. Cause even in like Q talked about a lot of these monologues, they talk about right. a lot more of the stuff that's going on. That's not shown. Right. So it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna generate more questions than it's, than it's going to answer so you know respect the rating you know if you got some 13 and up you know let them go in and check it out man make it a family thing um you know just encourage other people to go see it man it's a it's a beautiful film and a reflection of um of black history just upholding and and highlighting harriet tubman aka minty right who did a thing and was and was and was moses of the underground railroad and people did not think that such a small black woman could have been um such a such an efficient um freer of slaves mm-hmm. um and even at one you know then at one point a, a, a spy <laughs> in the civil war man right. so definitely a great film man um you know they definitely encourage everybody to go check it out you know share your comments share your thoughts or whatever and um and yeah man anything else anything else q nah, will nah, that's it i'm good Wrapping all right on up. all right that's what's up so um, again, this is a Savage Truth podcast. We just, you know, just discussed a little bit Savage Truth on film for Harriet. Um, like we always say when we close these out, you know what I mean? Like everything that we do, everything that we represent, everything we are is because of who Jesus Christ made us. So if you don't know him, I suggest that you get to know him. Um, you can you can pick up a Bible. You can download a free app. Um, and, I, and I suggest that you just read the gospel to understand what it is that Jesus did um, for all of us. I mean, even in those trying times, people could depend on God. And I hope that even in today where life is considerably easier you choose to depend on god as well so this is the savage truth podcast with pastor roy and my brother q will we will check y'all on the next episode god bless y'all peace out
tell me how to escape a trap that you wrapped in I'm black on the outside so this package it keeps me packed in Stop acting like the history from back then isn't happening still to black men Harassing though we blast and kill our brothers I am not him I'm just living the victim of systems in poor conditions From education to corner markets poisoning children Economics incarceration imprisonment of a nation for non-violent offenses While rapists can get probation Now tell me what sense that's making Only change was enslavement Went from fields to prison yards Free labor is still the basics impacting the bottom line and they profit while we stay dying as family fractions because fathers and brothers stuck behind bars we need to raise them my standards have been forsaken i'm down to rebuild the nation i'm starting with just one statement i won't rest until the best of my people become the norm so many died for us not to reform so come on black america i'm really getting tired of hearing people say that they don't see color you know what i'm saying they're very distinct lines of color in our culture you can tell people get treated differently when it comes to sentencing education look at our neighborhoods look at our congregations we keep acting like there's not a difference, but as long as we ignore it, the enemy just gonna keep winning and keep us separating. I don't understand. I know some Christians will confuse my vision. Claim I'm playing cards with my race, but I will forgive them. Cause it's not a game, and I'm not speaking fiction. I've been thrown in the ground by police when I was innocent. And had guns in my face when I was quiet, not resistant. And been asked if I belong here in the house that I have built. So if you can't relate to the pain, just be quiet while I vent some. Not saying that it's all bad, but hate groups still exist. So why am I questioned by these bloggers and my Christian kinfolk? Acting like skinheads in a clan are dangerous people. Who don't profess and protest the one we dead before the end so as long as they organize it i'ma ride against the evil and pray for unification cause satan divides the nations by race creed and color he wins if we don't face it so face it we have a country divided by color lines just look at your sunday service and prove to me that i'm blind come on just look at your sunday service and prove to me that i'm lying come on man just look at your sunday service and prove to me that i'm lying we seeing these colored lines we see in these color lines. Look at your Sunday service, man. <laughs> and tell me that I'm lying. I ain't angry as Dr. Umar, but my lyrics were football. Perceptions of how I live in, cause my skin is just too dark. For blue hearts with badges, I'm guilty just cause I passed them in this upper class strata societal. Men is captured, released back on the streets of the ghetto. It's native land. I'm out of place unless I'm stuck in them cages. Built my man, but understand I stole the key from your neighbors hidden in books. Got some wisdom, now I'm breaking the stigma. Made you look. I speak, I'm so articulate, I leave you shook Combination of Dr. Dyson, son of a Feeny Shakur Descendants of Marcus Garvey, W.E.B. Du Bois And I'm so blunt, you think I'm smoking that kush But never that, can't let the jakes ever catch me sleeping I never nap, I close my eyes to say a prayer And then it's back to the gap I mean division segregated by economics and skin Politicians making us first them, we never win Game rig like playing chess with a checker piece Who got the king, I'm speaking with a dream of America Call me Dr. King, my timing has precision like clock Hours and days until Trump disrupts the climate and drives the divide to a nuclear-sized bomb hit. And then you can tell me how unified we have all been. We marshal our hits the streets, but only to protect property. Surround those in poverty with walls that are toppling like Jericho. I'm protesting like Joshua. God bless America. I wouldn't call you racist, but I'm starting to judge your character. The era of hiding the crimes that victimize us. I'm streaming on Facebook Live. You can't deny us, but just us is calling for justice. What's up with that? I say black. Black lives matter. How can you debate with that? We say black lives matter. How can you turn your face to that? Philando and Laquan didn't have a chance to say it back.